Welcome to Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Matt and I'm here with Joe Rocker, Creative Director at For The People. Mm. How are you, Joe? I'm good, Matt. I'm very pregnant. You are very pregnant. <laughs> where, where along are we? Uh, thir- f- uh, 36 weeks. So for the people who don't count weeks because this is a pregnancy term, it's 40 weeks here in Australia to due date. So four, I'm four weeks off. It might, it? it might happen now. It might happen today. It might happen today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It better not. <laughs> Before we get into that, uh, we've got a couple of groups that we need to thank on this episode. First up, Streamtime. Without their support, we wouldn't have been able to do as much as we've done or be as regular as we have been um, and being able to get around. They really have been amazing. And we're very lucky to have this relationship that we've built with them. If you haven't tried Streamtime, uh, make sure you do. We also need to thank Adobe because we're here at the Symposium 2018 in Sydney and it's been an amazing experience so far. We're on the second day today mm-hmm. and Adobe's been really forthcoming with the access to speakers and just generally awesome. Flynn obviously has been working on the event for a good six months and he's smitten with what it's become. So, Joe. Who do we have on this episode? Okay, so I was trying to find a way to introduce our guest today and everything felt like I was reading your CV. I was like, this is so boring. It's like, yeah, educator, father, artist. And I'm like, no, 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 there must be something. And then I don't know if you said that or I read it somewhere, but there's something that said part Darth Vader, part Yoda. And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have James Victory today with us. Hi, James. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> how do you do i have to put, have to put my um my podcast voice on yes. <laughs> very nicely done very nice to be here thank you uh, actually like how do you say your last name victory victory beautiful okay. so we were just talking before we started the, the recording about waters breaking i know and i'm surrounded by two dads here yeah who have a lot of experience so i was actually asking them <laughs> this is a bit of an off question, absolutely not design re- related, but what does happen in like the social circumstances when your water breaks? Because it's something that it doesn't, it's not timed. And what happens if it's in a public space and, and how apologetic are you and, and how do you, and do you have to clean? You know, like, <laughs> do, you, do, I, do you carry paper towels around with you from now on? No, I think, I think, I think, I think the unspoken rule that everybody in the world knows is that you are now a queen and whatever you want happens. Absolutely. And I think that the husband, I mean, maybe you've noticed, has Jason started being a little bit more protective? Uh, I don't know. It's also his first. I don't know if he is aware of what's about to happen <laughs> just yet. He's like, okay, he's like, uh, yeah, flying tomorrow for like 10 days. And then I'm like, that you're banned from flying. I really yeah. want you here just in case. So he's like, yeah, yeah. And then after babies do, he's just already planning some things. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> I know when, when Kate was first pregnant, my personal space expanded to include her as well. And so <laughs> if people were like too close to her, I really felt that as well. So I was like really like, oh. So and have you had the whole like people touching your belly? Yes. Yeah. Crazy. That is weird. Crazy. Well, you know, we walk around with Nova. We have a one-year-old and people are compelled to touch her. And I'm like, get the fuck <laughs> away. That is weird, right? It's weird. <laughs> old people. Old people love that too. And I'm like, I'm like. What the hell? Have you been eating a sandwich or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm Latin American, so there's a lot of hugs happening yeah. down there. But no, you ask for permission yeah. or, or, yeah, or you just, you don't go around in the street hugging people. Yeah, so. it's crazy. Um, you were telling us that, was it with Wyatt? Wyatt. That the water broke when you are having Japanese? Yeah, we were, we were just leaving a Japanese restaurant and my wife was like, oh, I think I peed. And she said, "Oh no, it's a lot." <laughs> so we we uh, we we were about six or eight blocks. You, you know, theoretically, you have twenty four hours before something has mm-hmm. to happen. And we had a home birth plan, so we waddled home. And um, she was sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, she was like, "Oh my!" It was happening. It oh was on. God. It was on. And so oh I called God. the I called the midwife and the doula, and she said, "Oh yeah, you know, you you you've got some time yet." So I got off the phone, and my wife was like, going, you know, like heaving, and I called back, and I'm like, "This get over." First, first of all, my <laughs> wife spoke to them, and she was like, "Okay, I think I think this is." And I got on the phone, and I said, "Get over here. This is happening now." <laughs> and by the time they got there, I mean, I was I had my watch out, I was my timer going on, and I was like holding her hand and talking her through this thing. And in the back of my mind, I was going. 
I can't do this. <laughs> and they showed up, and 15 minutes later, oh my god, baby came out. Yeah. Oh wow. We had a water birth, birth planned. Yeah. And, she, and no. she went. She's like, I have to go to the bathroom. So she she went in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and then I couldn't get her out. And she, no we, time. Ba- to, baby was, was birth, birth birth right there. Was the bathtub already full? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I you know I'm like super dad. I, <laughs> Let's talk more about you, and obviously you've had... Oh, I'm all about kids, so that's, that is talking about me. I'm a, now i got two of them at home. I'm, that's me. Actually, how do you, how do you balance that? Because you have a one-year-old and a four-year-old yeah. and an older son. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, does, how does that work? How does a normal day for you guys... Because you also work with your wife, right? No, I just rely heavily on my wife. She's <laughs> I lean on her like a wall, like a bar rail. No, I love that word balance, and I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no balance. There's you know, the balance means every morning I get up and there are six balls sitting on the bedside, and I pick them up and I start going. And then when I go to bed, I put the balls down yep. and I go to sleep. And I, that's balance. Yeah. It means you're just constantly figuring out how to how to make it work. If you can accept that then you have balance. <laughs> it's, it's more like the balance in your brain that you're like, this is just how yeah. it is. Yeah, it's like, you know, you 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 set a schedule. Like, uh, uh, my mother used to always say a good day starts the night before. So every mm-hmm. night before mm-hmm. I go to bed, I make a list of all the things yep. I need to accomplish. And I wake up and um, maybe somebody wakes up at 4.30 and then so the 5 o'clock thing where I, that, that I had scheduled is out the window. So, that, you know, mm-hmm. again, you can't let that crap on your day or else yeah. you don't have balance, you yeah. see, so... You've had your studio for 28 years, which is an amazing... Oh, you counted. Damn. That, ow. Ow, that hurt. 28 years. So I'm interested, I don't know how old you are, but what were you doing before 29. that? 29. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I opened my studio um, the day after I was kicked out of art school, literally. Mm. I, um, and art school was the second school that I'd, I was, I was in a regular, a real school, a university <laughs> first, and I was, uh, I was asked to leave, and then, uh, and then I went to, moved to New York at 19 to go to the School of Visual Arts, and I um, lasted about two years, and this professor took me aside and said, this, you know, the, this business is very competitive, and there are a lot of people who want the same jobs, and, you know, he suggested I become a, a golf pro or a CPA or something. Oh, no. So I left school, and, um, but it didn't deter me at all because I, you know, I had a vision, I had to, I had a um, a purpose. Uh, I'd moved to New York for that purpose, and I wasn't going to let it go. I mm-hmm. saw my name on a door somewhere, and you know, so, uh, so I literally started immediately. And I think, I think it was probably three weeks after I was out of school that I got my first gig, professional gig, and mm-hmm. I've literally been working ever since. Wow! And I was telling somebody yesterday, you know, I never, I've never, I've always just worked for myself and picked things up along the way. So I never learned the right way to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I was joking with somebody yesterday. I said, if I was, if I knew anything about accounting, I would have known that I was out of business a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Who does the accounting now? Yeah. Uh, or have you learned? Yeah, I've learned. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm smarter now. And I have did a great you, always, you just said that you had that purpose right from the start when you decided to move to New York. So did you always know you were going to be a graphic designer? Like, what was that purpose that was driving you? Well, you know, it's a good question. Um, it could be a good answer. It could be a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute. Um, no, you know, I have always, I've been extremely blessed in that I've, my entire life I've always known that I was creative. It's always inside me. And it it's, was unfortunately rudely pointed out to me every step along the way because people would say, please stop that. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like creativity is dangerous. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I write on everything. I draw on everything. I customize everything. And te- teachers don't like that when you write in books. And I have always been full of uh, puns and sing song and wordplay. And, you know, creativity disrupts. That's its purpose. Mm-hmm. So I've always known that I was creative. But then, you know, after, you know, you get into high school and you're like, well, my older sister was the first person to get a degree in our family and my father was the second. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, well, I should get a degree and I should probably go into something, you know, something I hate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, um, and when I was graduating with, the, with the, the small town I was I grew up in, there were two, actually three options um, that were considered good paying. That's all. That's the qualification, good paying. Mm-hmm. But they say get a job. I'm like, could you be more specific? <laughs> right? So there were two or three options. And the, the first one was there was a, uh, um, a nursing school in, in, the, in the, like nursing pays. And I'm like, you know, I don't think I have a nurse inside of me. I just don't. 
And the second one, there was a, a very large um, penitentiary uh, a few towns over. Uh, it was called Danamora. And it was like in the old gangster movies when they say, you're going up the river. Up the river was up the Hudson River to Danamora. Wow. That's where Al Capone was, right? So prison guard. There's good money in it. You know, I'm like, I, I don't think I'm good at choking people. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and the third was the military because my we, we my father was a career military. So, so, so it was hard to like break out of that cliche, yeah. right? Yeah. So I did. I went to university first, and I was a physics major because I loved I love the physical science. I love when you do this, this mm-hmm. happens. And I got into school, and I realized, oh, it's all wait, it's this is all math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all math. I that's weird. And in my older son, I have a twenty one year old who's. Uh, uh, completely charming, funny, lovable guy to be around. And he was, his last two years in high school, he was in in Brooklyn, his last two years in high school, he was a fingerprinted paid research assistant at the Museum of Natural History. Like any kid would give his left nut to be, Mm -hmm. you know, to have that gig. Got a um, a letter of recommendation to universities from the museum. He got into any school he wanted to. He went to Boston University for geology. After the first year of geology, he called and he said, Dad, I think I'm officially a college dropout. I said, well, tell me. He said, well, Boston sucks. I'm like, well, I told you that. <laughs> and he, I said, well, you know, what about geology? He says, well, it's like this. There's only one answer. Meaning in a raked auditorium of 100 students and they all have to do the same mm-hmm. test, they all have to come up with the same answer. And for an innately creative person, that is completely unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Right? So he was smart enough to early on see this. He had to go through, like I, mm. like most people. I think, I, think, I think the best creatives are the ones that are the most personal or the most vulnerable or the most mm-hmm. efficient creatives are the ones who failed mm-hmm. at something else first because now they understand. They understand it. And they understand that their gift and their talent and the things that they were born with is the tool. Not the stuff you learn outside. Mm-hmm. Not the computer stuff. Not the typography and the color. It's what you personally bring to mm-hmm. the to to whatever form. I mean, you know, filmmaker, musician, all the it's all the same thing. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm at the point now where I'm where I'm I understand that um, you know even a bus driver can bring themselves mm-hmm. to their job and change someone's life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you imagine that you get on a bus and someone smiles and says hello. Yeah. When was the last time that happened, right? That's it. That's it. It's that easy. And it's that hard. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It, also, it amazes me, though, how, like, that job counseling that happens in at school defines a lot of, like, your options. Yeah. Right? So if you didn't have that kind of curiosity to step out of the three options that were suggested, you would be a prison guard today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I'd be buff, though. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be running the prison. <laughs> Check yeah. out the guns. <laughs> it's very weird. Sorry. No, uh, you know, it's funny because so I taught at this, I went back and I taught at the School of Visual Arts mm-hmm. for 20 years. Yeah. And I, and the reason was I wanted to, the reason was I wanted to give back because I had learned mm-hmm. from the time I dropped out to the time I went back to university, I had learned from a number of important designers from quite frankly around the world and they all taught and I was like okay it seems like that's the way you mm-hmm. give back but you know at, at some point I had to you know I, I started being extremely honest with my students and I said listen in this class because we're doing something a little bit different I am doing you a disservice and I'm telling you right now because you're going to leave school and you're going to have debt you know or your parents are going to have someone's going to have debt mm-hmm. and my job is not I have no concern for your paycheck. You have to. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out how to make money. I was concerned for you in what you're doing 10 and 15 years from now, that you're not sucking wind at some crappy job, right? So, you know, they get out of school and they have, you know, we fill them up full of creativity and then we send them out to a, to a field that's, quite frankly, one, not particularly creative, mm-hmm. can be extremely <laughs> stifling, and two, not very financially rewarding. So... You know, hopefully my students and the people who've, who've, who've worked with me and the people who are working, certainly the people who are working with me now, which isn't students, but it's adults, they are realizing that their gift, and if they pay attention to it and they pay attention and allow their voice to come through with it, they will get, not only get paid, they'll get paid better than if they were sucking wind at a crappy job that pays you, you know, every week or every month. Yeah. We've got a thing in, in Australia at the moment where a lot of the studios are sort of complaining that, uh, I guess the students are being taught to be creative directors before mm-hmm. they've been junior designers. So they come out and they're kind of already 
to yeah, keep right. there at, at a certain level. Yeah, yeah. Where's my sixty grand a year? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do, is that a similar thing? Do you think is happening in America? Sure. You know, there's a couple of like we call them like they're almost vocational schools. They're two year, two year. You know, there's mm-hmm. not non degree, but mm-hmm. two year, and it's kind of a fast track. It's pitched as a fast tra- fast track, but the problem is they totally hype them up like that. Yeah. You know, they're totally like you're gonna go work for Coca Cola and you're gonna get start off at sixty grand and yeah. you know they 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 send them mm-hmm. off to the. Uh, to the abattoir, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, they send them off to get all chewed up, and then three years, you know, like with my students, the, the super talented ones, they would they they go to these job fairs and they get all they get all these offers, and they come talk to me, and they're like, oh my god, I just got a job at such and such, and I'm going to be doing web mm-hmm. development for for Hootenanny or blah blah blah, and um, I said, okay, that's super, but listen, here's how it's going to go, you're going to come back to me in a year. Or two years and you're gonna say James I'm really frustrated and I bought an apartment and now I'm screwed <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. and they do it's so funny they do they come back and they're like I've got this glorious job that everybody wants why am I so unhappy <laughs> the trend that I've noticed with like interviewing junior designers is the the you'd, you'd argue the balls they have to be like I'd like to have a three-day work day two day one for personal projects and one for and it's like they they have they hold the cards and they're confident enough to be like oh yeah and uh and and you know i like this and this and you're like oh i didn't even have that courage to ask i was like you you want me for the job oh thank you i'll work super hard you want me as your boss (laughs) yeah it's it's weird i kind of like that that, i mean i completely get that point but I, I like the point that they it's all on the table mm-hmm. sort of thing so at least you can then negotiate as opposed to you know oh they seem unhappy or it's kind mm-hmm. of it's there with with this generation yeah I suppose it's it. normally it used to be like that type of confidence comes when you're up yeah just like and you and you're like oh can I get you know are you flying me over there and, and you ask all these things and yeah. that now designers that come out of school have yeah, that confidence to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the confidence is one way to put it. Um, in, 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 you know, in the States we see it, and in New York you see it, and um, um, we call it entitlement. We, talk, mm-hmm. we call it, we call it, we call it, you pushy motherfuckers, <laughs> you don't know how to work. You've never worked a damn day in your life, you have no idea what it's going to be like. They, you know, they just get set up that they think that their lives are going to be like this, and it's like, you know what? Back off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll tell you now, just back off. You, go for, you, you can probably find somebody to cater to that but you know again you know be careful what you wish for yeah, yeah. i think though the internet doesn't help in, oh, the, no. in the sense of these people come probably with like i got a couple of thousand followers so they've already they're entitled to that type of um they're used to that kind yes. of licking yeah 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 <laughs> you spoke about that you you're maybe working with adults now in education mm-hmm. can you tell us more about that Something I alluded to in my talk yesterday, or I think they, they were, Mike said in the introduction, that um, at one point in my career, I realized I was a, a pretty good graphic designer, meaning I could get into most of the major museums around the world. But that's, I realized that's a pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah, I've had two shows at the MoMA. <laughs> that was cool. That was cool. Uh, I'm a much better teacher, and what I'm what I'm teaching these days is that. Um, you know the back story of it is that I've had a, I've had a great, great career, mm. and um, I fought hard for it, for my creativity and for my elbow room and my freedom and my, you know, I've designed the life I wanted, mm. and I fought hard to 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 maintain it, which means I, you know, made less, even made less money than I could have if I had gone suck wind at some corporate thing. And now I want other people to. Yeah. I want. To, I want to share that. I want other people to have that. And I have to. They have to understand the, um, the risks, and um, the attitude and the perspective needed for that, and the, and the philosophy behind it, and the, um, and you know, it's funny because when I have you know adults, uh, they actually they come to me and they have questions and it's so funny because i just kind of break their question down and turn it around and uh, you know they 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 know the answers that's the thing Mm -hmm. somebody yesterday said i wish i could just be enlightened like i'm like oh no 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 you are it's done you have the answers you just have to allow yourself to use them and your answers go against what all the other Mm -hmm. sheep are doing Mm -hmm. and you've got to be cool with that 
You know, I wish I could. No, 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 no. You have it. It's done. Just be that person. What if you just were put here to be happy and share that? I bet you can get paid for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, yeah, so we, uh, we run workshops. Uh, we do, I do online coaching, and we run um, workshops. We have a, a ranch in Texas, and we run workshops twice a year on the ranch. Um, and we invite like eight to 10 people and basically from, they come from around the world and spend, you know, three days with us and we put them through some exercises and challenge them. And, you know, uh, even with the online coaching, people say, you know, we have a, we have a little 20 minute phone call to see if we like each other and if we work, if we work together and if I like your, your path, uh, there was always the question they say, well, okay, so James, so tell you, know, tell me what you do. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't do anything. <laughs> you have a shitload of work in front of you. <laughs> I talk to you every week <laughs> for an hour on Skype. And, you know, I bring this up and I say, how are you doing? And about how about this? And how about this? And how's your mother? And, you know, we work on this thing. But I don't do anything. You got to do the work. Is there an end point with that? Or is it is it just ongoing as long as they need? Or? Yeah, the the they're they're really there's an endpoint if they want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just finished uh, working with a woman who uh, um, who had a career in, in Pixar and Disney as an animator, and then she took ten years off and taught. And she's like, wait, I have a song inside of me, and I still want to sing it. And, yeah. um, so I worked with her, and um, I suspect I will hear from her a number of times. So we, you know, and some of the some some people um, who when we very 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 first started this that kind of head-on adult stuff it was seven years or more ago mm. we started this thing in new york called the dinner series mm-hmm. and the first six people who came through the dinner series are still lifelong first of all they be they've become clients they give me work yeah. uh second of all they're like they they chime in every once in a while and they say hey i got this thing that is going on and you know i just want to bounce it off you so uh yeah it's relationships and that's the thing you you know you, you know, you, when you work with people like this, it's personal, and you, you kind of get to know them. You're, I, I imagine it's quite – what's the question I'm looking for? Was it hard to monetize that in the sense that I imagine you, you're so easy to talk to, and I imagine that people just want to talk to you. It, how did you put like that, that my time costs? I set a really high bar. Right. Financially, because mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. Yeah, it it's as draining to, to for me to, to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I set a really high bar, and uh, especially with the dinner series, it was like it was uh, six grand, mm. and you had to pay to get to the states and and lodging in New York City, you yeah. know, or Brooklyn. And people were like, why is it so expensive? I said, you know, and not I didn't was wasn't like because it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. um, but quite frankly, it, it it I need people who are serious. Mm. And that's one way of finding out who's serious. What what are you willing to risk? What are you willing to risk? And that's a that's that's a that's a, a high bar. Are you ever planning to bring those dinner series back? Uh yes. Well, the 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 the, the workshop and retreat in Texas is is like that, except mm-hmm. it's super cash. Um, like we don't. We have, it's more picnic tables mm-hmm. and um, nights at the at the fire pit and barbecue. Then, then personal. In New York, it was personal chefs. We had like uh, high-end guests every night, mm. like um, uh, the chief editor of Esquire magazine, who mm-hmm. was a pal of mine, or designer pals, or filmmaker pals of mine, or authors that I just kind of knew, and we brought them in. So it was, you know, that kind of stuff. It was much more. Um, Refined, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wine, a wine, literally a wine list, that kind of thing. But um, and the, the, this is the camp is uh, is is this the same intensity? It's just a, it's more it's much more casual. And I'm trying to figure out how to make it a road show, but um, it's you know it's it's expensive to put these things on. So mm-hmm. you need a sponsor, or you mm-hmm. need a caterer, or you need a this and a that, you know. And then you you know, you know and then if you start charging that kind of money it's it, it's it's tough so yeah you know that's always the thing is like we can all come up with these brilliant ideas but figuring out how to get it out mm-hmm. the door and how to sell it and you know and how to make money like dinner series we actually never made any money off of it because it was so expensive to put on yeah. you know i had a photographer i have a photographer pal who um he shot food so we did it in his in his you know 2000 square foot kitchen 
you know, a photography studio. And that was kind of sexy. And he's got his fancy Ducati race bike up on a stand (laughs) over there and all the kind of trappings of cool, right? But that cost me, you know, one ticket, bonk. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so you got to figure that out. I love the idea of the retreats as well, because in the talk, you spoke about yesterday about bar time, about the bar time being the best time to learn. And I completely understand that. My stories about what I learned in the bar as opposed to what I learned in the classroom so much more. How do you how do you kind of make that? I mean, is that just something that happens over the three days because you are spending so much time together that everyone relaxes and. Yes. Yeah, I think and one because we keep it small. Mm. Again, that's another thing about financially, you know, breaking it is like, if it's if it's small, you're just not bringing in the bread. Mm-hmm. To, first of all, but but it also, I've always kept like the dinner series was small and the 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 retreat thing is small because how many people can you fit at one table and have one conversation? Yeah, yeah. that's that's a thing. But I think uh, I think. I ask for people, like there's a lot of communication before they show up, and then on the first night I give them a kind of a, a marching orders and say, listen, if you are not bringing it, go home. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, this, this, is, this, this entire couple of days is all up to you guys. If you bring it, it'll be awesome, and we can, we can, we can ensure transformation. Mm. But if you don't bring it, because I'm, you know, again, what do, we, what, do, what do I do? Oh, no, 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 I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do anything. Uh, I bring up a bunch of what ifs, and I think that people understand that you know they're they they. I have a reputation now that people come for something. Mm-hmm. They come for that. They're frustrated. So you inevitably become kind of their mentor mm-hmm. because it might last longer than the actual yeah. retreat itself. Do you have a mentor? I have many. I actually. I had a coach in New York for a long time who I recently stopped talking to. He was an asshole. No, uh, we, we, little jerk off. He's like, give me all this hoodlum stuff. I don't know. But, you know, I would check in with him and he would say, hey, so James, how's this going? I'm like, oh, really? You got to bring that up? You know? So, yeah, I had a guy. I have a number of sources that I look to and some are, some are dead mm-hmm. and, um, and I still go to their, you know, go to their, their, their books. They kind of remind me of what's important and, um, um, how to stay true. And, uh, my wife does a lot of this w- kind of work as well. So mm-hmm. she is r- super important in this, you know, in this, in this, in these projects. I don't do anything without, without mm-hmm. conferring with her or talking to her about it. She farts cinnamon and um, peas rainbows. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just, she's, she's pure and good and kind and um, constantly re- reminds me of the good side of everything. And I'm like, ah, okay. Darth Vader back again. <laughs> she brings okay. the Yoda. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, it's funny, the Yoda, Darth Vader thing, the Yoda thing is like me being the nice guy, but when we're doing these things, you know, uh, so the camp or the dinner series. Every once in a while, we have some people there, and I and I go, "Hey, Jim, let's take a walk." And I go for a walk with him in the you know in the woods or whatever. Or we get in the Polaris and we go on a little on a little drive. And I'm like, "So you got this sense of humor, and in your sense of humor, you're always picking on yourself. You're always beating yourself up. What's up with that? Why do you do that?" And he's like, "Oh." Um, you know, he, he doesn't see it in himself. He does yeah. he, he knows he does it, but he doesn't recognize it. So we, we, you know, so the Darth Vader comes out and says, you know, fuck the dark side, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. kind of the, I don't know, the nice Darth Vader, mm-hmm. I, I guess, <laughs> I guess, but, but I, but I'll, you know, I, I, I bring it and I really pull, I really point these things out mm-hmm. to people because it's, it's part of it. You know, I, I say that, I say that you can't, you know, you cannot be a better designer until you become a better person. Yeah. You can't, you know, it's like, uh, it's like the, in the commercial world, if you bring me a product and you want me to market it or, or design stuff for it, and I think the product is shoddy, I'll have to say, hey, can we go backwards a little bit and can we fix these things and then, so it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's like, you know, people, you know, I've got uh, workshops coming up here in Perth and Melbourne and then back here in Sydney. And in one day, you know, I can't just do a typography workshop and a color workshop and let you draw. Because then I'm not doing anything. I'm letting you play. So what? Mm. You know? But I want to find out, you know, why you work and how you play and why you make these marks. I want to make sure that you understand where these responses come from. We're a, you know, just a bundle of habits and we do the same thing over and over and over again. And it becomes 
it's a memory that we just keep repeating instead of instead of to find new areas. We have to find. We have to constantly develop. Mm. I mean, design is change or should be. You know, I even even me. I get. I'm at a point with with my work and my handwriting, particularly that I I hate seeing it. People like it and they want to hire me for it all the time, and I'm like, really? Why do you? Okay, how much? <laughs> and I always ask for more, which yeah. you know, but but. You know, I have to understand that that thing, that cliche, people like. Mm. But for me personally, I have to constantly always yeah. develop it or else it's going to be tedium. That part of mentoring that you were talking about, the Darth Vader Yoda, does that play into, you, you had a great quote, which was, what made you weird as a child makes you great today. Is that about you finding that weird in people? Uh, not fi- uh, finding the weird in people? Mm. Sure. Sure, you know, and people say, you know, it's like, and and the fancy way of saying it that people are talking about a lot today is purpose, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? They use purpose. And people are like, well, how do you find your purpose? And I say, well, what do you cry about in the shower? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is that thing that you're like, man, I just, you know, when you're you're looking through other people's work and you're like, ah, damn, I should be. You know what I mean? That, well, that's your purpose. Yeah. You know, it's this, it's this thing that, it's this, it's this thing that you were good at as a kid, or just that thing that comes naturally for you. You know, I, I've got these people on Inst- I follow, you know, some uh, some people on Instagram, and some people follow me, and I always see the work that they're doing, especially the people who I kind of who chime in and mm-hmm. are vocal with me. Mm-hmm. I try to help them a little bit. And this guy, this um, illustrator, and he made this beautiful little, I don't know, he just comes some little collage that he just dumped together, right? <laughs> And he wrote um, his description or whatever. He said, uh, what should I do with this? Question mark. And I wrote back and I was like, well, I think you should get paid for it. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. You know? And then I've got this gal who's totally wayward, totally lost. Um, I know her personally and I'm, uh, I'm not in the position to help her and, you know, totally sweet and I'm trying to I, I have her working with me in another way just so I can give you know so I can give her money so I can pay, pay, pay for stuff and she started th- doing this stuff on Instagram which is really awesome and she's got these watercolors and, I'm, and, I, and I wrote back these very abstract watercolors and, I, and uh, I started seeing these pop up and I said I hope these are six feet tall because I'm like I see it in my head yeah. and in galleries and in restaurants and in you know around the world I'm like oh you come on you, you gotta bring it mm. you gotta get bigger you gotta get bigger than yourself that's the path. That's the way. Mm. You know, we just, we fall in love with our limitations and we go, oh, you know, I can't do that. That's not for me. Oh, that sounds like you'd make a lot of money. I'd have to deal with the money. What do you do with the money? <laughs> I don't know what to do with money. <laughs> don't pay to. me. Oh, you're not going to pay me a quarter million dollars. I know, we don't know where to put it. Where do I put a quarter of a million dollars? Call me. I have ideas. <laughs> Talking about clients, I think you always refer to you working with brave clients. Mm. What makes a client brave? Yeah, just, you know, hiring me to begin with. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, brave client, they need to they need to be open. They need to, you know, I like I said, I was talking about my, my left hand. People pay me for my left hand. People, we've, if, if I get a call for, for my left hand, I may show you something that is different. I may show you something that is not my left hand. I may show you, you know, some Helvetica that I've done something to. And, and I have a lot of people who come to me. When I was doing a lot of social, cultural, political work, um, I would get all these not-for-profits. And, and I was like, okay, sure, let's talk. I'm happy with no money, but I get, you know, 100% cre- you know, freedom and, and an audience. So they'd say, James, you know, we basically, you know, we want to, we, you know, we want to, we want to make a big noise here. We want to change the world. And I'm like, really? Because <laughs> I can do that. I don't know if you can do that. And that's, that's a brave client. That's yeah. like that, that test is like, are you sure? Because I can do that, do you have but a- you're going to have to print it and get it out in the world. Do you have like a it. brave detector? It's like, oh, you think you're brave, but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I try to, I try to have a brave detector with um, first-time mm-hmm. clients. Like, I get calls from people, and I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, you don't love me. Mm-hmm. You're gonna work with me once, and then, and I'm gonna be like, call me, and it won't happen, and I'll be, I'll be sad, and you know, and then the check will come in, and it won't even be worth it, you know. And I'm like, and I'm left, you know, feeling despondent. With a text message, eating, it wasn't you. Eating, it was I know, and eating, you know, and overeating, and eating muffins and ice cream in the studio. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally like that. Have you ever had to let go of a client? Oh yeah, yeah. I am not afraid of firing clients, mm-hmm. and I like even students. I was like, 
Here's a couple of rules. Okay. First, don't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah you are totally free to fire your clients and they're like huh what wait huh wait no you could wait we can we can do that <laughs> i'm yeah, like yeah you can yeah, do that yeah. yeah totally and then more of them should be fired yeah, yeah. working for sugar water coca-cola who the fuck cares mm-hmm. fire them fire their ass <laughs> nobody should work everybody all the whole the whole company should just like walk out especially with all this International breast milk controversy. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is that? Tell me they're mm-hmm. not behind there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fire their ass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the books? I really want to talk about the books. Talk about the books. I really want to talk about my accounting. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the whole reason. I'll show you my books. <laughs> We've been going through them. I want to talk when about In and Out with Dick and Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, In and Out with Dick and Jane, a, uh, a a parody of the classic Dick and Jane learning books. Um, I have a um, lifelong pal, a brilliant illustrator named uh, Ross McDonald, and um, he loves to illustrate in that style, this beautiful watercolor vignette style. And we we were fight partners. We like we would go to like different. Um, dojos in the city and you know we would we would just hang around drink beer and 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 we'd talk about the these funny ideas and we came up with we came up with a number of books uh he did one after dick and jane i think it was like what would jesus do and it's totally totally like you know get you excommunicated you know <laughs> but uh but yeah dick and jane was uh, just a um, a funny commentary on parenting and life in the U.S. at that time, which was, I think it was, I think it was before Obama, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and, um, yeah, Bush. Yeah, it was totally Bush uh, administrations. Um, and uh, so it was funny and naughty, and it was before the internet. So, I mean, before social media, so yeah. it didn't, you know, it kind of went... It got, it got out there. It's funny. It's in your back catalog now. Yeah, yeah. Someone's going to bring up. Yeah. Point. And any other book besides <laughs> besides Who Died and Major Boss that you bring up, I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Probably there, there are things you do, there are jobs you do for God. Yeah. And there are jobs you do for money. Yeah, you mentioned that the, the other day, um, yesterday in the, in the talk. What Talk more about that. You know, jobs you do for God and jobs you do for money. I use a lowercase g for God, not to, you know, not as any insult or anything, but, you know, it's for whatever God you believe, Mm. he or she. And I approach every job as a God job, as an opportunity to do great, as an opportunity to touch people and reach people and and make something new and make myself happy first, and then I make you happy, Mm. right? A God job. And like I said, clients are clients. And at some point, some God jobs turn into money jobs and I have to know the difference. And when it turns into a money job, I, I get it done, get paid, take my name off it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, bye. That was just, that was for money, yeah. which is fine. It's fine. You know, um, has there ever been the other way around? Start off a money job and, and go to a God job. Hmm. Possibly, possibly. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, totally. Um, Esquire magazine. I had a relationship with Esquire magazine for a super long time. Uh, like we worked together for, I don't know, six years or mm-hmm. seven years or more. And uh, they just, they started hiring me for these little illustrations occasionally. And then I was on vacation with my family and I got a, a voicemail and it was like, hey, this is David Kirkabito from Esquire. Everybody, everybody at Esquire is cool, super cool. <laughs> it was like, hey, this is David from Esquire magazine. Give me a call. And I'm on a ski lift at the top of a mountain in Colorado. I'm like, baby, I got to take this call. Right? So, um, and they had, a, they had a cover. And it was a cover with uh, Bar Raphael so I could paint. I basically they wanted me to paint on a supermodel. I'm like, mm. uh. And I asked for a shit ton of money. And they said, well... And they gave me good money, but um, <laughs> but from that point on, they gave me a regular column, and it turned nice. into and and they said and I had a conversation with the with the with the creative director um, who became you know was still a, a, a lifelong friend. Mm. I said, hey, by the way, you know, not for nothing, but you know, I push real hard, and you guys are publishing everything I said. <laughs> like they don't even they don't even flinch. And I'm like, oh, no. He's like, oh, no, James, we don't hire you because you're an illustrator. We hire you because you're an artist. We want that. 
you know? And I was like, oh, okay. Great. And one, one, the, and a funny little, a funny little story about this is at one point I, you know, I did, we just, you know, we just emailed everything now. It's not that you don't see anybody. So we just emailed this thing and he's like, James, I love it. I don't understand it, but I love it. And I'm like, <laughs> and he sent it back to me and it was, it was the icon for picture broken. Mm-hmm. Ah. So the image didn't come through, but it was this icon. He's like, I don't get it. He was going to publish that. What I'm like, it? oh, no, Dave. No, 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 no. That's not. <laughs> awesome. He just tr- trust, trust. Like yeah. I said yesterday, trust. Trust is the lifeblood of my business. And they trusted me. That's pretty awesome. It's like, sorry, that what you just mentioned about, I don't understand this, but I love this. I remember being at Dark Mofo Festival in Mona awesome festival to go to mm-hmm. but people of all you know ages go to these things and we were by a there's like fire pits and everyone's like warming their hands because it's in winter and yeah and there's so many odd people that you you wouldn't expect would go to a festival called dark mofo and they're there and they're like let's go see shit we don't understand yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that yeah awesome. yeah like, well, yeah. it's it's funny because uh, on a on a more pedestrian level, when I was when I had college students, university students, I would say, you know, when was the last time you went to guys went into a bookstore and you walked past the financial section and you held your nose or turned away? Mm-hmm. And I'm said, if you think like that, you fail because there's quality information in there. You guys don't know how to handle money. You should be open, mm-hmm. and being open like that is 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 super. <laughs> you know, and like the first thing I used to do in, in university is I I I would sit on the front of the desk. They were all sitting down. And I'd sit on the front of the the, the quote unquote teacher's desk. Say, um, educate me. What's happening? What are you listening to? <laughs> what are you watching? Yeah. Like, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. who's Taylor Swift? <laughs> right? You know, like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they they would hit me up with what they're you know and you know because you know teaching if done well is a is a is a very selfish sport. Mm-hmm. You know, you you hopefully learn more than and you know even now we're doing this adult stuff. Um, you know, the stuff I learn from people is just it's it's yeah. fascinating whether it's their you know their strengths or their weaknesses and how they how they ply them out or how they rely on them. But yeah, being open is, yeah. that kind of open is really, let's, let's go get open to stuff we don't understand. I no. What's your ratio now between teaching and studio and teaching adults and teaching? Almost three years ago, we moved from Williamsburg, Brooklyn to relatively rural Texas. So mm-hmm. like the closest bar is 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. Closest anything besides a gas station is 10 miles away. So commercially as a designer, like project wise, I would technically be dead in the water mm-hmm. if I wasn't, if I wasn't smart. And um, by smart, I mean that when we moved, I had to figure out how to make a living creatively. Like, how am I going to get paid to mm-hmm. be creative? We've figured that out, but commercially, there, you know, the the percentages. I don't. I, if I broke it down, I don't know. Probably the commercially, fifteen percent, maybe mm-hmm. something like that, something that low. And then we have product. That we sell, and we have uh, uh, um, um, travel and teaching, which is big. And I am also working, well, we have a new book coming out, but uh, associated with that book, I also started doing something super smart. And when I get back, I'm going into a studio in Austin um, that uh, is a friend of mine. Uh, he's a filmmaker, and he's going to help me film six hours of um, classes in front of a live audience uh, that we're going to. Put out as a as a product that you can buy six individual you know hours of and they're they're the six chapters of my book so they're mm-hmm. they're the book is called Feck Perfection yeah. and the 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 class is called How to Feck Perfection <laughs> so it's like goes through the whole thing that I went through um, voice and fear and action and habits and mm-hmm. purpose and you know so break them each down into an hour long class with a Q and A from live that's why I have live a live audience mm-hmm. so I can get. Q and A's because that's that's again it's that's the bar time. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And I was like, oh my god, how am I gonna get like six or eight students for, you know, I mean, if you film six hours, you're talking about ten hours, right? Yeah, um, I'm like, how am I gonna get people? And probably late at night, so people can be there. How am I gonna get people there? I'm like, oh, I know, charge them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so they're gonna, but they're gonna pay a nominal fee, yeah. and we're gonna use that to to, to buy pizza and beer and and help pay for the rentals. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's, I love it. When does your book come out? 
uh, pre-sales are starting this month. Oh. Yeah, and I'm and I'm um, I'm I talking with it. the people at at, um, at Wix, and they're designing the website for it. So we're going back and forth, and so that will be open so, uh, fairly soon as well. And then the actual book releases, I think, um, it's like February or March. Mm-hmm. So your first book was a bit more of a, um, I guess, autobiographical about the work you've done. Yeah. This book is much more of a teaching book. Yeah. 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 As soon as the first book came out, I said. This is a um, a book with pictures, with you know some words about it, yeah. and the next book is going to be words with some pictures about mm-hmm. it, yeah. right? So the first book was basically a catalog raisonné, what do they call it, like a coffee table book, yeah. forty dollars, heavily produced, beautiful book. I mean, you you could kill a man with this book. It's so lovely. Yeah. Uh, those black edges and mm-hmm. pink uh, ribbon in the thing, and and this is like a pocketbook really straightforward. As a designer, we did um, everything that designers hate in this book. It's super undesigned. So example, the publisher pushed back on a bunch of stuff and we just basically ignored all of their requests. Like we basically have one type size and one type font throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change and it doesn't, unless it needs to be italicized or something, it doesn't change. So so the, the chapter heads and then the article themselves are the same typeface and the same size. People right. like, they're like, well, usually people call, I'm like, I don't even talk to me about pe- what people usually do. I don't care, right? And they're like, well, could you, and like, mm, um, let me think about it. <laughs> click you know uh yeah so i just ignored all their requests and they were you know they ended up being cool with it and i will live or die by my choices yep. yeah i accept that what was the difference between that first book and the second book is and i'm thinking about your workflow and how how you approached it the first book was um was uh, uh, a real learning tool because uh, first of all i went searching for someone to write it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to because I was a pussy because I was like oh no I I, I, I can't I, I, I. Um, but when I sat down and I enjoyed the process and uh, totally did the the thing that is supposedly attributed to Hemingway you know write drunk and edit mm-hmm. sober and um, searched for the truth and tried to tell this you know I tried to I tried to do the Anthony Bourdain thing which is like you know spill all the beans mm-hmm. and tell the truth and, and, and actually I ju- had just read Kitchen Confidential just before writing my book and I said you know what I think I can do that I think I have that in me Mm -hmm. if someone will if an editor will let me be that honest and then what happened I send the transcript into the editor and it comes back and it's they I was like okay they're gonna put it into like real words and I got it back and I'm like worked with a super smart at Deborah Aronson and and when she was at uh, she was at Abrams then she's I think fighting now but um, I called her and I said Deborah you didn't do anything. She said, what do you mean? I said, it still sounds like me. I thought you were going to make it sound smart. Like, <laughs> so, um, this smart um, filter. <laughs> yeah. 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 Put it through the, the Anthony Bourdain filter. And the second book was the, um, um, the second book was harder to write because it really involved me like that. The, the first book was, was these stories happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was, this is how this piece came out, you know? Um, and the battles or the, the victories or the failures, this other stuff I had to really pull out of, you know, my, my philosophy, mm-hmm. my, you know, and it's not one of these books that like starts with an Abraham Lincoln quote and then it says, well, you know what Lincoln was, you know, like, <laughs> oh, f- you know, fuck that. And, like the next chapter starts with an Einstein quote and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, it's, it's like, you know, I'm talking about, um, things I learned from my mom that became true or so my father has, um, long-term Parkinson's and I talk about that. And um, how he's never complained a day in his life. And it's like, hey, listen, you have a choice yeah. how to respond to every situation that comes to you. And you can, you can bitch and moan or you can be a hero and, you know, you can choose to accept where you are or you can spread your pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what people do. And, there's, and, then, and then there's like very short, there's like each spread is a chapter. And one, like one spread would have just, just my handwriting and it just says complaining is not conversation. Mm-hmm. So that would be a chapter. And then the next thing has a, you know, an illustration and the full page is, you know, full of text. So, but they were just, you know, I'm curious to see how it will be accepted. And I'm, and I'm kind of bracing for the designer reaction because I am a traditionally a graphic designer, although this is not a 
graphic design book. Mm-hmm. Even the subtitle changed late in the game, which I'm very happy with. It was called um, uh, Dangerous Ideas on Business and Creativity. Mm-hmm. And they changed it. They said, listen, you were talking about that you wanted a wider audience and you didn't really want to talk just to de- designers. So we changed the t- subtitle to Dangerous Ideas on the Business of Life, which I thought, oh. Okay, yeah. that's groovy. I'll do that. Um, but it is. It's like it's it's um, all these things that I've learned from anthropology, sociology, and psychology, and about myself applied out. You know, I was looking. I was reading through it recently, and I was like, "Wow, this is like this is like me." <laughs> I hope that's cool with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we 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 are afraid of our voice. We poo-poo our, our mm. gifts and what we know because we're just, it's so easy for us. It just comes easy for us. I mean, writing this book did not come easy for us. I'll show you my, 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 <laughs> my phone. Um, I have a calendar notice that is 4.30 a.m. The alarm wow. goes off 4.30 a.m. every day, and I need to, you know, it's a, um, learn to light the candle. It's from, uh, it's from uh, Hafiz, uh, not Hafiz, from Rumi. Learn to light the candle. Like, you know, and enjoy the day and, you know, get up early because I had kids and that was the only time there was to, to get stuff done. Yep. So. 4.30 is pretty impressive though. Yeah, wow. That's, that's an hour <laughs> earlier than I get up before the kids. I heard the rock gets up at 3.30. Really? And goes to the gym. Yeah. He's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. I also heard he goes to bed really early. Oh, no, no, you have to. <laughs> like, people are like, how do you go to bed at 4? How do you wake up at 4.30? I'm like. Yeah, come see me at 9.30 at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go to bed at 9.30 and still don't wake up at 4. <laughs> that will change. <laughs> I think that brings us to time. Yes. So where can people find out more about you and not the James Victoria, who is also on Amazon and is the author of Your Birthday, July 8th, <laughs> and other great classics as such as Your Birthday, March 24th. <laughs> you know, that was, yeah, that was a funny little job that I did years ago that I was on unfo- a job I did for money. But, I, you know, we're trying to, we fig- you figure it out. You try everything. You know, the best place to follow me is through Instagram, which is, you know, at James Victory. Soon... Uh, jamesvictory.com will be the place. Right now, it's just a kind of a list, a laundry list of things to things to do. But we're 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 working on the websites. Um, but everything goes through Instagram first, and Instagram is where I practice and where I play and where I show ideas and where I you know do a little bit of teaching and um, um, uh, a couple of lovely photographs of my kids and motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe, where can they find out about you? Oh. I don't know. It's so nice to see someone else really struggle with <laughs> like, this. I don't know. My Instagram is completely personal. Don't have a Facebook account. My Twitter last tweet was years ago. Yeah. I'm Good terrible at this. For the people. Uh, for the people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> terrible. You can find this episode and more at ausdesignradio.com and you can also follow the show on Twitter, Instagram and SoundCloud at ausdesignradio. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. Uh, It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation.